I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes here from Vitel. No, no, stop. Don't skip this bit. I've recorded a new message for you. Because, due to popular demand, I've made a little change to the code I wrote that lets you record your Dumpty Dum. You now have the choice of hearing the theme tune in your ear at normal speed or 25% slower if you don't want to be hurried along. Are you sitting there without a clue what I'm talking about? That's easy. Just dial 0203 031 3105 right now and have a go at recording your very own Dumpty Dum by choosing option 2. That's 0203 031 3105. What's that? You don't want to record a Dumpty Dum but you do want to leave a message? No, that's even easier. As well as the email and speakpipe that Royfield and Lucio mentioned countless times, we've got two more choices for you as well. As before, you can call 0203 031 3105 and choose option 1 to leave a message. You already know that. But, and this is the new bit, you can now text the show too. Simply send a text message starting with DUM, that's D-U-M, to 07786 200690. That's 07786 200690. And make sure you start your text with the word dumb. Oh, and don't forget to put your name on it too. It's a normal number and texts are charged at your standard network rate, just like texting anybody else. Now, I've only set this up for three months to see how it goes. If it's used, then I'll keep it going. If not, well, nothing lost. So that's it. Leave a message by dialing 0203031 and choosing option 1. Sing, play, hum, drum or whatever a dumpty dum by calling 0203031 and choosing option 2. Or text a message by sending dumb followed by your message to 07786 Have fun. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Okay, can you make the the sound of a sheet?
This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the pristine repeat, that is Roy Phil Brown. And with me, I have the sloppy second, that is Angela Barnes. Thanks for that, Roy. Hey. <laughs> and the last part of this week's second, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dum comes from Margot and Freya. Who burped? Pardon you, Freya. Uh, Angela, if someone would like to send us in a dum-de-dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Yokel Bear and Millie Bell, our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundup, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. On this week's episode, we hear views from Iris from Germany. She's back. Oh, I love me hey, some Iris. Uh, Viv. Uh, uh, no singing this week, yeah. but insightful, intelligent observations about all things Ambridge from her yoga mat, I'll have mm. you know. We have Viv, Margot with a hearty, Babs and Trev, they're back. Yay! London's loveliest couple. Glyn, who I want to be when I grow up, with a spoon over in the upper lower east west side. Andrew Horn, who's got some tweet-tastic news. How's Red Agnes. Paul Room and Paul from Suffolk, who I believe is a new caller in Uh But Angela Barnes, we Hello. live in weird and unprecedented times. Um, how's your lockdown been before we start all the caller in action? Do you know, as a caveat, I want to say, obviously, this is, you know, it's not good stuff that's happening at the moment. And a lot of people are having a really hard time and people are suffering and dying and it's awful. However, Can I we- just get cut to the quick? You're having fun. You for love me it, personally, though. I was born for hunkering down. I mean, <laughs> this is this suits me so perfectly. It is. I'm the happiest I've been in years. I feel content. I feel I haven't got FOMO. I'm not wondering what everyone else is doing that I should be doing because I know what they're doing. They're at home knitting like I am. You know, it's. I love it. I love it. I go out once a day, take my dog out once a day, get my fresh air, get a bit of exercise the rest of the time. Indoors. Perfect. So you love a pandemic, you love a disaster when literally, uh, what, 20% of all Americans are out of work, 3 million Brits. <laughs> I just put a caveat in there, Roy Fields. I hope you haven't edited that out when this goes out, <laughs> that I'm just going, I'm having the best time. Obviously, globally, the ideal scenario would be that the pandemic is fixed, but for some reason I still get to stay at home forever. Um, that would be ideal for me. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. I am one of the very lucky ones. I, my fella's still working full time from home, mm. so you know. Um, although uh, I've lost is that a lot of the water. reason why? Is that <laughs> the reason why you're loving it? Because actually, for you personally, nothing much has changed, and you're not like stabbing your partner. Yeah, well, we're getting on really. I mean, he he proposed to me in week one of lockdown, and I do wonder if now six weeks on, he still would have done it. Um, now we've been locked together <laughs> for six weeks but no we're getting on we're quite good at um uh sort of doing our own thing in the house you know it's quite and we've got a little um our spare room is an office so he's got a desk in it I've got a desk in it we could you know it, it's quite um yeah it's it's been touch wood quite civilized really um yeah and I'm able to you know I've lost a lot of work don't get me wrong um you know being mm. a comedian by it's a bit tricky to do stand up without an audience um but I've had enough work to keep me going so you know the news quiz and 
various bits and bobs. So Ooh, um, the news quiz, the news that, quiz, Andrew? get that in there, get that in there. Don't know if you've noticed. Um, it is a bit of a. I mean, you've got to laugh, haven't you? I get handed my dream job, the job I've dreamed of having since the day I started doing comedy, and then uh, you know, and by the way, you'll be doing it from your living room. <laughs> but, you know, it's, we, we're doing the best we can with it. Um, some people are enjoying it. Some people aren't. You know, what can you do? You can only do your best. And uh, that's what we're doing. Um, have you seen that you have your own thread on the Flick app? So you keep telling me. I um, I had to, I, yeah, I'm sort of too shy to go and have a peek, really. Cause, um, well, considering it's all full of Angela love, uh, you don't need to be scared to have, have a peek. Oh, that's nice. um, People there, apart from just saying, oh, I love Angela Bones, (laughs) are all saying, is she going to put in a little reference on the news quiz that Uh, only us dumby dummers know? So I'm just just relaying relaying what people are saying. We did talk about the Archers last week, but I won't lie, I haven't listened to the edit. I find it very, I'd never listened to... um, things i'm in or watch things i'm in i get someone mm. i get matt my fellow or someone else to watch it and tell me what jokes made the edit um so i know what jokes i can use again but um i know ne- i can't listen to it so i know we did do some stuff about the archers last week about them recording remotely and stuff but i don't know if it actually made the edit or not so um yeah but but, but what about dumb you dumb oh um yeah obviously i mention it every week it's bbc Roy. If you can't do advertising can you and i have advertised the <laughs> on uh, radio four if you remember so, you, you know, have you gave it. you gave us you gave us a little bit of a plug so um <laughs> in these weird unprecedented times where you're just like knitting with a yeah. big grin on Crocheting, your face while actually. the whole world is well <laughs> Same difference. Well, the whole world is burning around you and people are running around with their hair on fire, but at home, <laughs> self-isolating with their hair on fire, right? Um, how you how you been doing with the whole repeat thing? Because mm, I, I have my thoughts and feelings, but how about you? I, I'll be honest, I've sort of disengaged with it a bit, um, largely because I, I listen to The Archers through a podcast and it's not coming up on my podcast feed, so I've sort of forgotten about it um a little bit the the issue I have and I think it's one that you've talked about before is I don't want to hear repeats of things that I remember from last year or the year before I don't I do not understand why I mean don't get me started on Joe's way I think I was on Dumpty Dum soon after that and had my rant about mm. it um you know at the time so I have not re-listened to that it made me angry the first time it'll make me angry this time because it should have been better um and and also, it was last year, right? Why Why do we need to hear that again? There's so many things that we could be listening to. I think it was good they did the foot and mouth one, because at least that has some sort of, you know, relevance to what we're going through at the moment. And it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, 19 years ago. So it feels like oh, God, it did bring back memories. I listened to that and I remembered because I was living in a nurse's home in... Um, in Earlsfield in South London at the time and it just took me right back there listening to it because I remember when the whole foot and mouth crisis was going on that's where I was at St, uh, working at St George's Hospital and, and living there um so that you know that I could understand um even you know like the Brian and Siobhan thing that was a pivotal thing great give us that but even Kirsty and Tom's wedding felt too recent really it's like if you're going to do the archive do the archive you know deep dive let's hear some and some origin stories would have been nice I think because you know you've got a lot of people joined the archers um when the Robin Helen storyline happened 
And so there's a lot of um, characters that maybe since that haven't had big storylines or people that have joined in the last five years might be thinking, what is that all about? What is that thing they refer to? Let's have some origin stories of the people there. You know, let's hear about when um, uh, Chris and, uh, sorry, uh, Susan and Neil get married and when the kids are born and, you know, all that. I don't know. I think they, it was a bit of a wasted opportunity. Having said that, like, you know, like all of us at the moment, we're all backpedaling, trying to catch up with ourselves, dealing with this crisis. And they're, I'm sure the people who make the archers and are very busy with the new episodes, so probably haven't, you know, it's it, haven't had time to plan and really think. And there might be issues with why certain archive episodes can't go out. Like, I, presumably, they would need some sort of permission from the actors, or you know, to pay royalties or what, whatever. There'll be reasons why they're not doing that. I'm sure, but it's a shame. Mm. Mm. just a thought which just occurred to me whilst listening to you is that all of the stories as lucy and i talked about last week all of the stories that are slated to be on the kind of archive are actually there to bolster current storylines to give you another layer of understanding so we had ed and emma's wedding yeah i'm also guessing that future storylines post-COVID, so we're not on about the self-isolation ones that they're trying to do at the moment, which there has been a little bit of a problem with. But I'm guessing that those stories in the archive are a nod and a wink to some future immediate storylines, which they actually have planned. Ah, uh, that's a point, actually. It might all become clear, mightn't it, in the future? God, that's yeah. why they reminded us of that. Because Alice and Chris, there's not much of them at the moment, is there? There no, hasn't been. No. So why have we had their wedding? Yeah, that's a good. I, I want. It could just be that you know they're doing a week of weddings, and that was quite a an unusual wedding. But yeah, it could be that because that whole are they or aren't they going to have kids thing and the mm. alcoholism, all those things that were never tied up, you're going to have to come back at some point. So maybe that was just paving the way for that i loved hearing um the old chris and just thinking how how did he not have the same accent as anyone in his family for so long (laughs) 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 so at least new chris sounds like a bloody horror binge you know what i mean he sounds like he belongs Mm. to that family the old chris sounded like he'd gone to rada true that true that and i hadn't hadn't even thought of that because i must admit I haven't listened to not one of the episodes because I'm just like you. Number one, it's not in my podcast feed anymore. Yeah. So it's easy for me to forget. Yeah. And number two, this is not a deep enough dive for me, as I said before, on mm. Dum De Dum. Like, but I understand the reasons. I, 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 but I still think if you're pumping out six days a week of repeats, you could have had one extra day, maybe on a Sunday, and it's like, real archers gold now we're just going to just throw some real old stuff at you which you've completely forgotten about and we're just going to blow your mind and you just have nelson gabriel and you're like what the hell is going on here and this old old, old farts can just go yes i i think it would have occurred to the i, I reckon the reason they're not doing that is some mm. really boring contractual legal reason. It won't be because they didn't think about it. It won't be because they didn't want to. It won't be, wouldn't be because it would be huge to do that. Loads of people would love that. So there'll be some boring legal technicality within the BBC as to why they can't do that. I'm, I'm so sure of it. 
that that that's why that that it has to be within the last twenty years or something like that. Um, there'll be a contractual sort of legal reason why because otherwise why are they all in the last 20 years there's none that have gone pre-2000 um and I really think that's that it'll be a really dull reason why you know what I don't like sensible answers like that which are, <laughs> you know well considered thought out and whatever. <laughs> It's just not what I'm here for, is it? I don't know what I'm thinking. Just tell us that the, the powers that be were incompetent, they didn't think, they're unimaginative, and they've let us down. I don't, <laughs> whenever, whenever legal departments are brought up, it's like, oh, God, here we go again. Grown-up stuff. Oh. <laughs> look, look, Roy, at the moment, about 90% mm. of my work that I am getting is coming from the BBC, so I just know what side my bread's buttered. <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> point that's a fair point um just before we go on to caller in action um it's a opportunity for me to uh give a big shout out uh to uh the dumpty dummers that have been part of um us doing zoom um so last friday we had charlotte martin who plays susan carter and boy oh, oh boy I was she it. i was so gutted to miss it i had another bloody podcast record damn it when are you going to start prioritizing dumpty dum? I know Angela? it's shocking like, that I. There, well, there's a re- there's a reason why we don't have you on often because it's your attitude is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love getting told off by you, Royfield. <laughs> I must admit, the only Zoom that I was available for and I joined was that bloody first one, and I'm still scarred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well are you free this friday is the question i think o'clock. i am actually who who have you got this friday at seven it's uh michael lumsden who <gasps> plays alistair the vet. i shall make myself free this friday everyone's new favorite dreamy member of the did, cast. did you see the picture he tweeted the other day of his sort of um lockdown haircut he tweeted a picture because it, it what well, he's or his hair's grown out a bit and gone a bit wild and I thought, oh my god, it made me feel a bit funny. <laughs> Go and have a look at this oh, Yes, I shall be there. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll tell you what we do, right? And um, why don't you and I do a bit of a tag team? We can ask him questions together. Oh, lovely. So um, there you go, folks. This Friday uh, at seven o'clock uh, and that's UK time. Very obviously, uh, we are interviewing Michael Lumsden, aka a.k.a. Alistair the Vet. Now, uh, some breaking news. We're also going to be streaming this live on the YouTubes, don't you know? So uh, we did a bit of a test yesterday, and I've got to say thank you to... um, Let's see if I can remember all their names. So we had Drew from Hamilton, who's in Tokyo. We had Carla in Sudbury in Ontario. We had Pat Brown, and we had Ads or Adza, uh, all four of us. And then we had Leonardo, who's a random Italian that just bumped into the live stream. Uh, Hey, (laughs) he wasn't a ninja. No. (laughs) Renaissance painter. We we reanimated him. You go highbrow, I'll stick with lowbrow. Don't you worry. Or do Brazilian footballer of the 90s, that Leonardo. Uh, uh, Sorry, I'll stop now. But yeah, let, let's please. Uh, so we did we did a test yesterday and it worked. So here's the thing, folks. If you would like to be on the front row, so to speak, and have an opportunity to interact, i.e. ask a question 
etc uh with michael uh get on to zoom now so the the details for zoom are going to be on our facebook page i've dm'd people who have been on uh on zoom before from twitter but you can also ask me via dm on twitter me or dumpty dum and i will respond with the right credentials of how you log on if you're on the flick app you also have the details there However, if you don't have any of that, you can go on to uh, just type in Royfield onto YouTube and or just wait for on Friday the link and you'll be able to watch this from the comfort of your of your tablet, from your iPad, from your whatever the heck, from your phone, from your TV, it's a clever TV, and just sit down with your loved ones and just watch it from YouTube. So that's what we're going to do uh, now with all of our dum-de-dum Zoom stuff. The dum-de-dumers get access to uh, be part of the front row, ask questions, interact, and then the hoi polloi, the other riffraff, we just let them just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> the voyeurs. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, I think we should have some caller in or stuff. What do you reckon? Oh, let's do it. Hello, Ambridge3962. Um, let's start this. Let's get this show on the road, so to speak. First up, it's uh, Paul Room. He's a vet, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he wanted to be a vet. He's now a doctor. Do you know the reason why he didn't become a vet? Do you want to why know? Why is that? Because he said it was too much work. It's easy to be a doctor than a vet, which is, in a way is kind of scary. Well, I suppose you've only, got, you've only got to learn about one animal, right, for a doctor. You've got to learn about all of them for a vet. Exactly. When you think about it, it makes sense. But yeah, you almost want true. to be treated by a vet than a doctor because they worked harder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cool. There'll be calls about you. you say <laughs> <laughs> good, good luck with anyway. the profile. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Paul Room. Hello, you two. It's Paul Room here. Uh, I just thought I'd call him because like a lot of people, I'm sure, I've been clearing out my house a bit and I come across um, – archer's memorabilia that i'd collected over the years i started listening in the mid 80s when i was a teenager one thing that came across was eddie grundy fan club badge um, because i was a member of the fan club that existed back then in the mid 80s together with um, editions of the uh, newsletter that um, gives instructions and if you were to meet a fellow eddie grundy uh, fan club member in the street how you greet each other uh, it was most bizarre but it was all coming back to me the first person would say the word badger the second person would reply fat and then you do a sign to each other which is like an inverted uh also like a v for victory sign on your forehead most strange but this yeah was was a thing back then uh, i've also come across cassettes i'd made uh, from the mid 80s onwards just random episodes because when i was going out uh obviously no podcast back then so I'd set up my set recorder to um, record the art just to listen at a later date and uh, i've kept a few of these sort of random episodes uh, and it's great listening to the various characters walter nelson gray gabriel tom forrest um jethro Larkin, Betty Tucker, Martha Woodford, Sid Perks, Mark Hepton, 
just uh, you know their various accents sort of drifting over my ears and i'll i'll call back another time about these because i'm running out of time now uh, but some great memories from the early editions bye oh maybe he should mm. get on to the bbc and tell him look if you've lost all the episodes i've got them in my loft it's fine <laughs> <laughs> got them on c90 cassette tape yeah <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who knew that eddie grundy fan club would be like the freemasons it's there was a whole load of weirdness. <laughs> mm, There's a whole load of weirdness that went on back in the day. And uh, Headley Nick, Headley Nicholas, who played Kathy Perks, basically ran a lot of that stuff, or at least she was the point person. So um, actually when I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody actually said, oh, you rang me up when I was part of the Archers uh, fan club. You know, she was actually the woman on the phone. Kathy Perks wow. would actually ring you up. Sounds very bizarre. But in the 80s and the 90s, definitely the 80s, there was a real thing where the fan club used to go out. And I think they kind of used to go to village halls and do do turns and things like that. It was a real thing before the internet. And I think the internet has kind of massively kind of changed all that. Like they, you know, the actors didn't need to go out and knock on village village halls and say, "Can we do a turn, please, with the archers?" Actors, don't you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and have the WI, you know, you know, do the the tea and scones and stuff. But yeah. it does sound very bizarre, doesn't it? Oh, I'd love to do that. The only the only uh, fan club I was in in the eighties was the um, the the Dennis the Menace fan club, and I I can't mm. remember the password now. Oh me either, and I was I was a a, a member of that it? as well. Did you have the little Nasher badge with a with woggly eyes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and you, yeah, his eyes were, kind of all went a bit crazy. Oh, I still yeah. love the Beano. Oh, it's not the same Who's now because they're not allowed to. Um, somebody was it on Dumpty Dum or someone was discussing this recently. I was listening to about mm. how um, apparently in the I haven't looked at a Beano for about twenty years probably, but apparently now that like water the softy isn't allowed to be um just a nerd anymore because because it's bullying right what dennis did to him is bullying the clever boy so now he's just, he's like a rich snob instead so dennis is now punching up which makes sense um, <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense that, that they had to make walter the softy really horrible to make it to justify what dennis does to him Walter the Softy, you know, he was forever crying. He was very in touch with his emotions, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. And he was a nerd. So yeah. in a way, isn't he cool now? Well, exactly. Yeah, he would be cool. And 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 actually now, if Dennis was to bully him, we'd be on the side of Walter, right? Like, mm, hang on a minute. What do you complete. think about it? That's a horrible child you are, Dennis the Menace. Um, whereas uh, I can remember reading it and going, yeah, go on, get the nerd, even though I was, you know, queen of the nerds. Was this like the late 80s, early 90s? It was like, I obviously wasn't reading the Beano at the time, but I remember there's a big media furore when they changed Dennis's costume, but they only changed it for one episode because, you know, the Beano, the Dandy, all that stuff is the 1930s. And the way that people dressed has not changed even down to, you know, little Lord Snooty, who still had a top hat. <laughs> so there, there was Dennis. You know, what kid is walking around in short trousers? They might have shorts on, but they're not short trousers. Yeah. You know, and so even back in the 1980s, it's kind of anachronistic. And I remember there was like, you know, 
it's BBC News. Dennis the Menace has changed his his costume from his traditional red and black striped top, and he's wearing a tracksuit. He's wearing a tracksuit with a hoodie. No, right, and I think he had a Walkman. Yeah, but then at the end of that. issue he kind of took it off and he was back in his shorts but it made the news uh let's move on to paul from suffolk and maybe we can um, come back to matters later as how out of touch we are with the ute of today <laughs> but anyway first off here's paul from suffolk paul you're up hello lucy royfield and dumdy dummies everywhere paul from suffolk here i'm a first time caller in around uh, my first memory of listening to the archers was hearing Betty Tucker die, which I think was around about Christmas time. Um, heard it in the car driving home from work. And so I think that makes me a George Grundy. I'm not sure. I always get a little bit confused. So do tell me if I've got that wrong. Um, just phoning in really to say how much I enjoyed the podcast. My husband has recently moved to New York uh, last September uh, for a really good career move and i have been still based here in the uk going over there every month and there's no word of a lie that your podcast has kept me company at times when i've been more lonely than i would care to admit mm. to many people um, and indeed in this really challenging time which finds me um, still in the uk and him still in scary scary new york you have provided even more company so thank you for all that you're doing your frank chats Uh, The new Zoom meetings um, have really made me smile. Um, Really enjoying the revisited arches, although I find myself wanting to know more. I only started listening, I think, in 2005. So I'm really curious, did Kathy and Kenton get married? What happened with the foot and mouth um, outbreak? So I probably need to go and find some of the um, old episodes online somewhere but really been enjoying it looking very much forward to what is to come you're absolutely right the coronavirus visiting ambridge will be interesting very very quickly just a brief afterthought royfield you've got lovely teeth don't be down on yourself my friend you're a beautiful beautiful man oh take care yes uh thank thank you for that mr paul from suffolk first did you time say called did for a living or did i miss that uh he didn't Ah, so you didn't meet your requirements, Paul. Come on. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just about to say that he went through, he went through everything and, and did it with a plum, but you're right. I'll Shame forgive him because that. he's got a very lovely voice. Hasn't he just? Hasn't he just? Hasn't he just? Mm. And also, um, you know, he's missing his other half, and uh, we can, so we can cut you some slack there, obviously. You, you know. I don't know. I'm a bit hardline. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> no excuse. Rules are rules, Barnes. <laughs> rules are rules. Anarchy if you start breaking them willy nilly. <laughs> you know, we've got a global pandemic. We can't let things slip now. <laughs> um, one, you did take me all the way back, Paul, to um, the death of Betty. Mm. And. One of the most touching scenes and a proper lumping my throat uh, was at Betty's funeral. Mike is there and he doesn't know what tie to wear. And I think he turns, he turns to um, his daughter and he says, I don't know which one to wear. And she says, oh, it doesn't matter. And he says, 
your mum would always choose. And you just went, oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. Um, I was just, when he said, and I really had to think about this, did Cathy and Kenton ever actually get married? No. They didn't, no, did they, they? they lived together. No, they lived yeah. together. I really and, had to think about that, that then. They didn't. They didn't get married, but they lived together. And actually, when so we had a, a decent chat with Headley about this a couple of weeks ago on Zoom, just a bit of advertising there for everybody. <laughs> Seven o'clock, Friday, uh, Zoom, uh, and and I said to her that I didn't believe their relationship. I didn't believe they'd ever get together because Kathy and Witherspoon said this. He asked for a question afterwards, and he said. I said that Kathy was always stolid. She's a very stolid character. Mm, very straight. Witherspoon said, yeah. And Witherspoon said she was sad. There was a sadness to Kathy. And Headley is just like, oh, I hated Kathy. What a dreadful person. If I was in a party, I would ignore her. She what a bore. Mm. And then you have the juxtaposition of Kathy and then Funtime Kenton. Yeah. It just makes no sense. And it's not opposites attract. You just think no. Kenton just wouldn't be attracted to somebody that no. I can see how someone like Kathy might be attracted to someone like Kenton because it's that sort of, you know, oh, wow, this is what it's like to be an extrovert. And, a, you know, they're very, mm. very charming. Someone like Kenton is a charming person, right? And that's how people fall for people like that. But, um, yeah, I couldn't see it the other way around. I couldn't really see what Kenton really saw in Kathy because she was just very quite staid and you know sensible. Yeah. Do you think maybe she's got some wild moves in bed? Uh, must be. Must be that. It's the only thing, isn't it? So it's the quiet ones, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. That means that you're rubbish in bed then, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about uh Kathy and Kenton was obviously then there was the rape. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so expertly done yeah. in terms of put the rape to one side. It was the effect that the rape had on Kathy, obviously, than what it did to her relationship with Kenton. Yeah. And Kenton feeling powerless that he couldn't help Kathy. And it was actually the fallout of that which then pushed them apart. And then Kenton... And this, was, and this was done over a period of time. This wasn't um, a quick thing at all. But then Kenton, years afterwards, because their relationship never got back to any level of normality, actually has a, one, a one-off a night with somebody when he had Jack's, uh, Jack's bar that he was running in. Yeah. I always get Borsitcher and Felpisher mixed up. Uh, but, you know, the Jack's bar wasn't in Ambridge. It was, yeah. you know, in the next town along. And then Kathy found out and that's the final nail in the Kenton and Kathy Coffin and then through all of that Kenton was a good it ends up being a very good stepdad to Jamie though when Mariel his daughter from New Zealand comes to comes to Ambridge and he's with Kathy he kind of dumps her with Kathy so oh, you can just look after while I do x and y and z so even Kenton went on somewhat of a kind of parental journey because him and Jamie got on really quite well. They did, but was he? I don't know if he was completely 
a father figure to Jamie rather than just a sort of fun uncle. A bit of a mate. Well, that's a good shout. That's a very good shout. And also, by the time that Kathy disappears from being on mic and Jamie, Jamie is eighteen, nineteen because he also Jamie has a share in the pub. Remember, yeah. because of, because of his dad Sid. Yeah. And they, were, and they were almost kind of grooming him for that. You know, I, he might have done a shift or so behind the bar. I could be slightly getting that wrong, but he definitely has a share. He definitely has a share in the pub. Because remember, he, he becomes a tree surgeon. That's right. And, yeah, and he, you know, he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. So you're right about Kenton. I think Kenton was more of a engaged uncle who got on with Jamie. And it's one of the things which Kathy was was uncomfortable about or couldn't quite understand she couldn't relate to jamie or jamie with her sorry yeah but jamie got on well with kenton i think that's a classic because she had to be the parent and couldn't just Mm. be the fun stuff whereas kenton could just be the fun stuff you know but when it came to the parenting the difficult bits of parenting that would have been all kathy right so it's like when um i know my parents divorced when i was quite young and i think it was quite frustrating for my mum sometimes, because she had me day to day to day, then I'd go off and have a brilliant time on a Sunday with my dad and then come back and, you know, be all full mm. of how brilliant a day I'd had with my dad. But he only had me one day a week. Um, you know, she was doing the day-to-day stuff. And I think it's yeah. it's that, isn't it? It's the It must be a real kick in the teeth when your kid's banging on about this person who actually doesn't take on the responsibility. And the But to a child that, you know, all they see is one of you is fun and one of you isn't. You know, no, um, oh, completely. It's the McDonald's dad syndrome, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So you have mum who provides the meals for you uh, six days a week, and then you have dad that turns up at the weekend. For a start off, it's the weekend, so it's exciting. Mm. And he says, "Okay, um, I don't know what to do. Uh, let's go to McDonald's." Exactly. And you go, "Oh, fantastic!" So and, much and, fun at Dad's. We have McDonald's. Exactly. Yeah. Although I should say it's not always that gender split. I think it probably mostly is, but I think sometimes it can be the other way around. You know, it's Dad doing all the hard parenting, and with Mum, who's who's you know the part time parent. It's not always that way around. Just whilst we're on this, mm-hmm. um, one of the things which I learned about being in California is. When couples split and there are children, automatically it's 50-50 parenting. Yeah. Automatically. So you yeah. So you don't get McDonald's dad in California. I can't speak for the rest of America, uh, but I know specifically the state of California. And it can either be one week on, one week off, or it is looking three and a half days on, three and a half Mm. days off. I think there's often a a class split in this because I think a lot of my friends I know that that do sort of proper um, co-parenting are fairly middle class and maybe both have quite intense jobs. So it's an equal split. I think sometimes if, you know, only one parent is working, then that wouldn't necessarily work, the 50-50 split. Um, And also... I, I know certainly with, with my dad, when my parents split, my dad was living in a horrible council flat in a council estate because that's all he could afford. You know, we had a house. So there was no way my mum was going to let me live in that scummy flat half my week. Um, you know, so there's lots of, if you've got happen to be in a situation where you've got two nice houses, both near the same school, 
both, you know, able to give an equally comfortable upbringing to your child. That's a that's one thing. Um, but I do think there's quite a class divide on whether 50-50 parenting actually can work. You know, if you've got one parent who's having to do 12-hour shifts in a factory all week, then they're probably not going to be able to do that, you know. Um, it's a very astute observation. Mm. It, it really is. Uh, let's go on to Glyn because he's yes. awesome and he's full of love. Yay. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Just ringing in to reflect on the first week of archive episodes, which I must admit I found rather underwhelming. The one I enjoyed the most was uh, Chris and Alice coming back from Vegas. Some absolutely classic Jennifer and classic Susan in that one. I, for one, had forgotten it was Brian who was the first to uh, coin the term starter marriage for, the, <laughs> for Chris and Alice's marriage. Apart from that, I think the real question of the week is what happened to Kirsty after after the abortive wedding? And I have a plot prediction for that, uh, for that which is uh, she leaves Ambridge, then inexplicably she returns to Ambridge. Even more inexplicably, she has a one-night stand with Tom. Incredibly, they don't use... Um, contraception and uh, predictably Kirsty becomes pregnant. Sadly, she then has a miscarriage. Despite this latest misfortune, she remains in Ambridge where she falls in love with a man who is almost twice her age and has no interest in having children but does have a very strong interest in modern slavery. No, on second thoughts, that's just Far too, you know, far too wild a plot prediction even for the archers. Well, uh, stay safe, everybody. Thank you for the podcast to the Dumpty Dum team, and goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye, mate. Uh, I really enjoyed that Alice and Chris episode as well, and I just really loved that the the Jennifer and um, Susan's sort of juxtaposition of their reactions. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> it was so lovely. Mm. And yeah, uh, the starter marriage. And I just loved it when when um, Jennifer has that realisation, like, good God, Brian, I'm related to a horror bin. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> the, the, when, when that marriage happened, you know, Susan's glee... Uh, just afterwards and she was saying to, to Neil you know we've married into the Aldridges you know it was like as if she had actually done it it was utterly delicious it's oh, utterly beautiful. delicious and, Classic and it's one of yeah and it's one of Charlotte's kind of favorite things about the whole kind of character of Susan is the whole kind of social climbing but also with their relationship actually with the Aldridges and do you remember last year there was the the drunken dinner party oh yeah <laughs> yeah love it those those scenes and that relationship actually is i think it's one of the most delicious actually in in the whole of the village absolutely there was a beautiful bit where uh the bit where susan phones jennifer and they've clearly had a few glasses of carver and um mm. you know <laughs> and there's neil drunk in the background and she's you know talking and jennifer's just horrified by the whole thing it's great that's what the archers is. It's brilliant. 
It is. Uh, tell you, tell you who else has had uh, a brilliant time. It's Andrew Horn. Yes, he has. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here at the end of a very strange week. Strange for me in that a, a, a tweet I did went, I don't know how big it has to be to go viral, but 9,000 likes and almost um, 2.6 thousand retweets um, is the biggest reaction I've ever had. And um, I have to say at some stages when it was really taking off, it was quite unnerving. Um, anyway, and strange on the archers, of course. Um I have to say I've enjoyed them all except uh, Joe's Wake. It, um, it's just too soon to, to, to relive it. Didn't really get anything from it. It just reinforced that that telegram joke and the setup of Queen was an over-elaborate um, piece of writing shoehorned in. But listening to all the other episodes um, that I had heard first time round, um, each time I remembered something different, um, I thought... In Ed and Emma, the touching makeup between Will and Ed and Will's best man speech and toast um, struck me. Um, that brief side of Will that Nick managed to bring out, um, we didn't see it enough. And, and, and all we can hope is that um, he obviously needs the love of a good woman to uh, to bring out his good side. So let's hope it uh, he finds it again. And, and I'd also forgotten about the the, the role that... Ed had had in saving Tony from Otto uh, and hence them paying for their uh, honeymoon. I'm not going to run out of time before talking about the others, but yes, yeah, something from, from each one. Uh, and in particular, Kirsty's one, the scream wasn't as loud and as curdling as I remember. So there we go. Anyway, hope you're all enjoying it. Bye. Bye-bye, mate. Bye-bye. Did you see Andrew Horn's tweet? I, I didn't. Know. Okay, I'll tell you about it because it is very funny and I, I, it's also relevant because, and I'm just trying to um, locate it. I've got it here somewhere. Really should have done this beforehand. Um, basically, I'll tell you the story. So the tweet was, oh, why can't I find it? Um, something that had been um, sent to him. <laughs> him from I think it was on an email he'll correct me if I'm wrong from his mm-hmm. um parish vicar and it was at the end of it and oh this is annoying me because I had it ready uh, what uh, he sent it to me because he was hoping um that we'd be able to use it on the news quiz um but mm. unfortunately the lawyers said no um because well you'll see why <laughs> in a minute um oh here it is here it is okay Andrew Horn. Uh, so, yeah, it's from uh, uh, the sign-off of his vicar's little um, email from his weekly, um, uh, yeah, his weekly update. And it just, as, mm. just says, and finally, congratulations to our Prime Minister Boris Johnson on the birth of his sixth child. Of course, that's only counting those born in hospital. The real figure could be much higher than that. Take care, Robert. It's just beautiful, <laughs> lovely. So, well done, Andrew Horn. And I'm sorry we couldn't use it on News Quiz. I lobbied for it, but, it, yeah. There were reasons. <laughs> so basically, you're being hamstrung by lawyers every which way. But hence what you said earlier, mm. I can feel your bristling, your frustration it's, it's with the not... bureaucracy of working for this organisation. It feels a bit Stalinist. Not you know, no, 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 come on. You just you're to trying to get you me to lose my you. job here, Roy Fields. I, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But we do have to be careful. Obviously, the thing is, as well, with the BBC is, um, you know, we have to maintain an illusion of, of 
uh, balance. Um, and despite you say an illusion, well, I'm speaking personally for the so as the host of News Quiz, so as a panelist mm-hmm. on News Quiz, mm-hmm. I can come on and I can say what I think about the stories, right? But as the host, mm-hmm. you're just facilitating the panelists to say what they want. So what I say has to be quite balanced, obviously, otherwise, um, we get complaints, which is you know inevitable. I mean, so, it, so it does make me Angela- laugh. What you say, is it balance or do you just give an illusion of balance? <laughs> oh, geez. Obviously, <laughs> I have my political leanings. So that means it has to be an illusion of balance because nobody is balanced, right? No one is. No human being is balanced, has equal views down the centre. So obviously... I don't know. If I was a Lib Dem, I might say that I'm quite balanced. Bullshit. <laughs> and you know it stop trying to get me to get myself out of a job <laughs> but I would say the problem with that the the, the issue mm. with that tweet and the reason we wouldn't is mm. because it is about a the prime minister who's just nearly died and had a baby and you know what whatever your thoughts about that are it's do you want to well do you want to invite the backlash from that no no one's got time for that so what's so no they just go no let's just not go there and that's completely understandable um Mm -hmm. you know you get enough backlash when you're just trying to and i know people it really makes me laugh because everyone that tweets and says you know oh you're biased this way biased that way whatever just don't understand the concept of cognitive bias because i can tell you now every single episode of news quiz gets equal amounts of complaints about it being too left-wing or too right-wing. So all that's happening is people are listening to it and if you're left-wing, you'll hear, you'll think it's biased right-wing and if you're right-wing, you'll think it's biased left-wing because that's your cognitive bias working. That's what cognitive bias is. You're looking for the thing that doesn't chime with you, you know? Um, But the complaints we get are pretty much equal. So that says to me, that we're actually doing an all right job of balance. Um, now, balance in terms of the booking of the guests and things like that is a whole different thing, um, which I'm not going to get into on a podcast. It's not it's not something I don't have anything to do with. Uh, and it's, you know, that's up to people what they think of that. But, um, you know, you can't win. You can't win. And all we're trying to make is a comedy show. If you're listening to the news quiz to get your news, then that's your problem. You know, we can't help you. <laughs> Talk, talking about balance, Angela. Yes. All right, so here we are. Uh, we're on this podcast, right? How much time are we devoted to the news quiz? <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going. It's kind of very <laughs> subliminal advertising. <laughs> so surely, if we need to balance things up, you're going to spend the next six minutes on the news quiz talking about Dungeon. <laughs> I'll see what I can it's all do. About Roger. balance, Angela. It's all about balance. <laughs> Now, here's a balanced individual. It's our Witherspoon. He's in the upper, lower, east, west side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I enjoyed the look back at three and a half weddings and a funeral this week, although I'm in agreement with many others who believe we could have skipped the farewell to Joe, as it was so recent. We did get a good glimpse at Brian's discomfort with Adam's homosexuality, 
I think I did listen to this episode originally, but had forgotten it. I now do have a better understanding of Adam's quick temper around Brian. To think that Brian came this close to not attending Adam and Ian's civil partnership ceremony, that would have had even more negative repercussions to the relationship between father and stepson. I was particularly happy to again hear one of my all-time favorite episodes, Ed and Emma's Wedding. Putting it together with the Grundy Carter timeline summary we posted on Facebook, it reminded me why, why I'm a bit more sympathetic to Will than many others are. I thought he behaved admirably during the episode, and his talk with Emma and his toast and tribute toward Ed brought a tear to my eye. It reflected the long journey he had traveled toward acceptance of Ed and Emma's relationship. Being in a happy, committed relationship himself with Nick made it much easier. Her death was tragic and changed the arc of his life in so many ways. So, there I am, defending two of Ambridge's least popular residents. I'm not planning on hanging out with Adam and William anytime soon, but I feel I do understand the origins of their grumpiness a bit more. Fellow Dumpty Dummers, stay alert. Huh? I mean, stay safe and talk to you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Clever little bit of politics thrown in there, right at the end there with a spoon. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. Um, Yes. Ed, Emma, their wedding and Will. Yeah, I must well, it really reminded us what a great influence Nick was on Will, didn't it? Mm. But if your sibling, in effect, has nabbed your ex, yeah. would you be the best man chief bridesmaid? I Well, this is the thing. I, I think it's, it's all very well bygones being bygones and you get on with it, but yeah, I I think you probably wouldn't do that. I wouldn't it's want just... Matt to have any of my ex-boyfriends as his best man. That's just weird. It's just, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And how do you give that best man speech? Yeah. You know, I've known, this is my brother, and then I've also known the bride. <laughs> Carnally. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, and then you go, uh. <laughs> and especially when you know. everyone there knows that as well. It's just mm. this elephant in the room and awkward. And who wants that on their wedding day? No one. Exactly. The only exactly. elephant in the room on my wedding day is going to be me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Talking about your wedding day, yeah. you go in bride blind, I, I read somewhere. Wedding What's dress blind. Well, it's just we're in lockdown. And so we, we sort of started planning the wedding pretty much straight away because we were looking for things to do. And uh, we've booked. So what, the, you just got bored. That's just got bored. Started planning it. I mean, it's not until September 2021. <laughs> so fingers crossed, we can mm-hmm. actually have a wedding by then. Um, mm-hmm. So we've booked the venue and everything. But um, so I've just been sort of looking at wedding dresses and things online, just looking at them to get some ideas, really. And and it it so quickly, I was like, I don't know what I like and what I don't anymore. They're all the, they're all just. I've, I've got wedding dress blind, and I'm just going to wear a bin bag. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's fourteen months away, so I'm sure uh, it'll all be fine. I'll just get something from a charity shop. Be all right. Well, a cousin of mine, Shireen, um, decided to get married to a Nigerian chappy last year, and right they had the date for the wedding, and he sent off to Nigeria to get his papers, mm. and uh, th- there was some kerfuffle in I don't know 
the the Department of Birth, Deaths and Marriages in northern Nigeria or something or other. So so they didn't come through in time, so they didn't have their wedding. Oh no. So they said, okay, we'll move it to twenty twenty, April oh, the nineteenth. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. Oh my Talk god, about the poor wedding. Yeah. Papers came through, but then uh no more weddings, thank you very much, please. So <sighs> yeah. So let, let's hope that uh, this pandemic is, is lift sooner rather than later. But not the reason my best mate's supposed to be getting married on the 4th of July. So we're sort of like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad. What a weird time. Uh, but thank you for the call, Mr. Mr. Spoon. Um, I, just going back to, just very quickly going back to Brian and Adam. Mm-hmm. I, Witherspoon raises a very good point as to Adam's frustration uh, with with Brian, though it's not just all about Brian's um, homophobia, latent homophobia, soft homophobia, just whatever. Mm. Um, there is also their, their ways of working, etc. And also... I've never thought about this before, but you know know what, Angela, right? You're really making me think, having you opposite me, opposite (laughs) me in the podcasting mic, is making me think in whole different ways. Freeman does never pull out of me. (laughs) This is a dreadful thing to (laughs) (laughs) What's this going? I I didn't mean that at all, Lucy. But so Adam is a Macy. Yeah. Debbie is actually an Aldridge. Well, she's not, is she? But she, she is, but she isn't. No, but no, Mace, is she actually a Maisie or is she... I think she has a different father from Adams. Yeah. So Roger's, but Roger Travers Macy is her father, right? And then he was the... the Not the milkman's, but the, was it the milkman? It was something like that, wasn't it? The ginger one. It was so, so, <laughs> I don't think that Adam and Debbie have the same father. No, they don't. But whether they okay good i didn't think that they did yeah. i wasn't 100 percent sure but i didn't think they, yeah, did. No, they did but debbie classes herself as debbie aldridge yeah and i just wonder because it's so obvious that debbie's brian's favorite that there isn't yet another thing to throw onto the whole kind of uh the dysfunction of their relationship because mm. Adam sees, sees Debbie as being the favourite. So and, and and Debbie is much more comfortable uh, with Brian, hence she's even taken his surname, even though it's not her biological father. But anyway, yeah. I, I, I throw that into the mix just because, because I suppose these older episodes are, are making us all think. You know, so and that's uh, the reason why they're there, other than the fact that there ain't no new episodes because of the bloody coronas. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we've done over an hour of this blather already. So <laughs> I'm going to put my foot down cool. on the uh, the gas pedal or the accelerator, depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on, <laughs> and let's have a look at Margot with a hard T. Good afternoon, Royfield, Lucy, and all the other Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from New Jersey. I do have to confess that I actually enjoyed listening to the weddings on the archers this week, although I didn't listen to the wake for Joe Grundy because I really didn't like it the first time and felt that it was just so recent that there was no reason to re-listen to it. However, I actually really did enjoy the ceremony for Ian and Adam because this was all before I had really started listening to the archers or can even recall 
really diving deep into everything. So I actually didn't realize that Brian wasn't all for and supportive of um, the partnership between Ian and Adam. So that was a nice uh, surprise for me during the week. And I hope that you are all having a wonderful week and that everybody is safe and healthy. Have a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I you, found Margot. it really jarring, you know. Sorry, thank you, Margot. Yes, that's what you should have said first. Um, <laughs> I found it really jarring, Brian's homophobia. I'd sort of forgotten about it. And now it does, yeah. The, the fact that he didn't go to the, or wasn't going to go to the wedding and made such a stand, I found a bit like, is that what Brian would have done? I, I could accept that Brian, you know, had some homophobia and I can accept that Brian would you know, maybe think the wedding wasn't, um, what's the word, like legitimate in some way. But Brian likes a quiet wife, uh, a quiet life and a quiet wife, um, as far as Jenny Darling is uh-huh. concerned. And I'm not sure his convictions against that marriage would have been so that he made that sort of stand. I don't know. It just didn't ring true to me. Brian's somebody, I mean, we can't exactly say Brian, you know, values the sanctity of marriage, can we? Like he's been screwing around his entire married life has an illegitimate son, you know, are you the one to make a stand against marriage? It, 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 it felt really baffling and just didn't, you know, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen because obviously it does, um, but I just didn't, it didn't feel Brian. I can understand Brian, you know, having his little aside to Jennifer about it and saying what he really thinks and just like, oh, it's not, it's not proper, is it? It's not like a proper marriage or it's, you know, whatever he might think. But to, to, stand up and make that sort of stand just didn't feel very brian okay you've listened to it what one is a point of clarification because you've listened to the episode yeah last week i listened to it in real time whenever it happened like 10 years ago yeah. and i don't remember the new ones no the, he so when he was talking about his discomfort about it who was it to i presume just jenny well well no i mean it's not though because he he did go to the wedding, but only when the wedding was in process, right? But but so, my point is, though, when he was wrestling with his consciousness, you know, yeah. was he saying that was only with Jenny, though, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. So by not going to the wedding, by making that stand, he's telling everyone in his community, I am a homophobe, right? And he's happy to do that. Whereas I don't think he would have done that. I think he would have... Um, kept Jenny happy. I think he would have had those beliefs, but suppressed them for that day. He would have gone there. He might have been muttering to himself. He might be thinking, well, this is ridiculous. But I don't think, it just didn't feel to me that, that the character of Brian would be somebody who would stand up in their community and say, I am against this. I just but, Okay, I just but Angela, it. Angela, you raised a really good point before about... Um, looking at the reasons why this thing's only gone back 20 years yeah and that's because there's a legal department and i think also before you talked about the fact that maybe someone had just forgotten about writing something or they just hadn't you know just to do with i think to will grundy i forget what we were talking about do you not think that for the sake of brian coming to terms with his stepson's homosexuality and the fact he's going and he's having a civil partnership, that it's a dramatic construct to have him just turn up halfway through. 
that actually it's much more powerful for you then to realize you the listener not you you but you the listener to say brian has come to terms with it there's nothing he can do, do about it uh it turns up halfway through as opposed to him uh before the before the wedding before the, the civil partnership having the conversations with jenny because he didn't have them with the village no right but he have, have have them with jenny and then saying okay i'll turn up actually it's dramatic construct isn't it so the thing to, the thing takes place but then brian turns up so yeah. you almost have the best of both worlds you have the tension yeah. dramatic tension that this is going on oh my god brian's a bit of a wrong gun. yeah but he turns up it's all right on the night well this is it though it yes i agree it's obviously been written that way for dramatic tension but sometimes mm. i think things are written for dramatic tension and have it, characters behaving in a way i don't believe they would behave for the dramatic tension and that jars that's all i'm saying that jars with me. So yes, obviously that's why they've done it. It's for the dramatic tension of him turning up halfway through the wedding with Ian's dad. But mm. that the fact, you know, that's done all the time in the arches and every soap opera, there's people go, you go, well, they wouldn't have done that, but they've done it for dramatic tension. There's a million episodes, uh, examples we could give of that. But that's the, the only point I'm making really is that it just jarred because I just think, I don't think Brian would have done that. I think Brian might have held those views and I think he might, but I don't think he would have been so made such a public statement by not turning up at the wedding, which is what he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for drawing me over the, the coals with my um, often repeated statement that actually I think there should be the odd soft racist and homophobic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, they are and in they community, just, let's be honest. I mean, exactly. they're right. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. And and I always thought it was brilliant that Sid Perks was chosen to be the homophobe mm. um, because he was a beloved character. Everybody loves Sid. Yeah. Uh, but he just didn't want Adam to be on the cricket team. After loving Adam when Adam came back and Adam was brilliant, then when he found out he was homosexual, it was a case of, oh, no. And, yeah. and that is just so true to life. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm repeating things I've said before. People have said, Roy Field, we've got BBC repeats. Now you're repeating yourself. Shut <laughs> your mush. Red Agnes, let's go. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. I'm really sorry I'm late. I'm useless. It's gone bedtime. I'm a key worker. I need to be up in the morning. Uh, hello, Dumpty Dogs, Dumpty Mogs, Dumpty Humans. Uh, it's Red Agnes here. Thank you, Zoom. It was absolutely marvellous watching Susan Carter. Who wasn't Susan Carter? Who was a very, very beautiful, very, very, very clever, lovely actress, and she had the most perfect lipstick that I've ever seen in my in my world. And I'm going to buy some lipstick. Uh, it was lovely to meet Claire from Clapham. Never seen her before. Hello, Claire from Clapham. How lovely. Um, I loved The Last Archers, by the way. So anybody else who didn't love it, you can just go and get lost. <laughs> I love Ed Grundy. He's nearly my favourite, although Jazzer is my top favourite. But Ed needs a bit of happiness. If he loves Emma, Christ knows why, that's good enough for me. I was listening to the historic archers as well, and I've been enjoying those, but why did we have to have the one for Joe this year? What a waste of time. I loved a bit of Brian's homophobia, and the bit with um, Chris and Alice's wedding was just marvellous. So a bit more of that. Can we have, I really, really, really want the shower scene. And <laughs> has Roy 
ever shagged Kirsty? I really, really can't remember. Can anybody remember that? Anyway, I'm so giddy because my last essay has just been uploaded, which has cheered me up immensely. No more university. How bloody marvellous. I'm far too old for university, but that's the way it is. I'll explain it when everything's over. Oh, and Royfield, if you're Gary Lineker, then can you explain the running order like Gary does on Match of the Day? Why do we decide on who goes first or last? That's all I wanted to say. Bye-bye, all. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, Red Agnes. And well done, Red Agnes. She's a key worker up the key workers, that's what I say. Mm. And congratulations on finishing your uni. Exciting yeah. times. A- absolutely. And she's been a, she's a proper character. Her and Mr. Agnes, Mr. Red Agnes, they're always on the Zooms, uh, cuddled up together on the sofa. Wow. It's a scene of domestic bliss. It really is. They're what, proper cuddled up together. What I love about that call as well is that she, she did her hellos in precisely the right order. Dogs, cats, humans. That's right. <laughs> I, exactly the right order. Well done, Red Agnes. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. If I'm Gary Lineker, the, the first caller is obviously Manchester United. <laughs> and then, then, then it's Liverpool. No, um, I think uh, you've put too much brain power into this, Red Agnes. Uh, quite simply, the calls come in uh, onto SpeakPipe and they have a number associated with them. And the number is some amalgam of the dates, I, I presume. Uh, and then I drag them over onto my laptop or download them from my laptop. And then in whatever order I drag them over, I then audio balance them, clip them, take out ums and ahs, etc. And then I assign them a name so that when I'm on um, the system which we use actually to record the show, I've got names. So it's just the way that it is. And sometimes you'll notice that somebody towards the start of the show will mention something which somebody talks about at the end of the show. And of course, when you're then running the show, doing it in real time, you think, oh God, I should have maybe put those calls closer together. But it's just the way that it is. So there is no Manchester United who generally go first or Man City or Chelsea or or Liverpool, none of that stuff. It's just the way that it kind of happens, of which I think the biggest determining factor is when that person actually recorded the message so um, obviously we get messages throughout the week though there is um, a bit of a concentration of calls from Friday through to the Monday morning you get the odd call throughout the week and then and I tell you what the odd caller in her throughout the week will be somebody like Dusty. Dusty doesn't care when she uh, sends a call in. She'll do it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Then you'll get like an Andrew Horn that might do it on like a Saturday. But the majority of calls then come in on a Sunday. They're, but they're just numbers, uh, the file. And then it's just the way that the crookie crumbles after that, really. so <laughs> I love that people it. think there's any planning goes into this, Roy. Isn't that lovely? Well, ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> If only they knew the, the the nonsense it would be started 45 minutes late because of a lack of planning on my part. I've got everything all ready. Then I realised, oh, my God, we're not doing it with Lucy. Lucy has a different system from Angela, so I had to re, you know, do it all again. There is no planning, Red Agnes. Uh, but uh, long may the chaos that is Dumby Dum uh, continue. Uh, now, we are... We are slowly but surely getting to the end of this episode. So we've done Red Agnes. Let's have a little bit of Germany. And it's our Iris from a yoga mat. Iris, let's go. 
Hello, Lucy Royfield and all the small and big fish in Dumpty Dum Ocean. Believe it or not, <laughs> this is Iris from her yoga mat again. Life has been so surprisingly busy and creative for me that I even missed out on listening and calling in. I should not comment on the arches because for me, Lindy is still just about to be discharged from hospital. Krusty is busily supporting bad Phil during his being discriminated by the village community. And last but not least, Royfield and academic archers have only just been attacked by a racist Nazi wanker. Big fat congratulations <laughs> for making the mirror headlines. I'd like to comment on the situation, although we are not giving the nanometer tiny thingy with a crown too much attention. In the model of mixed emotions during social distancing, Letting go of my deeply imprinted fears of the data octopus and joining any conceivable social network, I was kissed by a big, fat muse who still hasn't let go of me. Instead of readings, my author alter ego is paying seven-minute home visits to the readers every seven days via YouTube, bringing a coronical squib of 700 words straight into their living rooms. The only sad note I have to address is that my last squib had to deal with rat catchers who betray the trust of people in fear and need to sow neo-Nazi propaganda. Let's stick together against that virus too, please. Here, here. I wrap up on a positive note. The day will come when I'll even join the Book of Faith and chat with Yokel Bear, Millie Bell and all the rest of you. See you there. <laughs> oh, I'll see you saying Iris. I want whatever Iris is on. <laughs> what, am I really thick? What's a data octopus? Is that what she said? Uh, I don't know either. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to clear things up for me. <laughs> oh, God love her. Mm. Uh, Iris from Germany. Uh, hopefully by now you're all completely caught up to date and you're not uh, somewhat lagging behind uh so uh, that's iris from germany um another kind of somewhat relatively recent stalwart addition to the whole dum dum universe is babs and trev now uh you're not gonna get one but two doses of babs and trev let's start with dose one hello royfield lucy and all dumpty dummers around the world babs and trev here Uh, sorry, it's been a while since we called in. It's taken us this long to get over the Easter cocktails. <laughs> I am feeling a bit sheepish about our uh, pissed up recording. <laughs> this week, I want to talk about Linda and Robert. And for me, it's Tracy, Tracy, Tracy all the way. And her attempts to make the Ambridge team a village cricket superpower. I love the way she's trying to get the team sharp and focused for the new season, whilst, of course, giving orders from the comfort of her deck chair through the haze of her fag smoke. It was nice to hear Kirsty give Tracy some recognition for having a heart of gold, too. And it was funny when she realised that getting a big round in would be the price of admission to Phil's stag do. Uh, pretty slick from <laughs> Phil. Laughed my head off. So, Linda and Robert, look, God willing, I'll never know the kind of trauma, the explosion and its aftermath put Linda through. And Robert as well. Yeah, agreed. But Linda's inability to recognise and appreciate Robert's attempts to get things right for her, misguided though some ideas have been, has really started to annoy me. Don't get me started on her decision to be and be again, with all the extra work and pressure it will mean for Robert. Yeah, but Trev, I think it's about loss of control though, frustration, and wanting some sense of normality. We can all relate to that at the moment. Mm. What about Ed and Emma getting back together in a mobile home in Eddie's backyard at Grange Farm? 
Is that going to work with George and Kira too? Well, Emma's realised that what matters is being with the people you love in a place you can call home. I'm rooting for them, Trev. <laughs> you soppy <laughs> beggar. <laughs> well, that's all for now. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Bye. Uh, very quickly, before we go on to dose number two, uh, <laughs> anything you want to say there? Mostly that I shall be using the phrase soppy burger from now on. Um, <laughs> beautiful. And I I loved, don't worry about the Easter cocktails. I remember I was walking the dog when I listened to their caller in a ring when they'd had a few and it made me laugh out loud. So don't apologise for that. Um, and yeah, agree with uh, the whole Linda and Robert thing. Um, Linda, you can totally understand where she's coming from. She wants to get back to normal, but poor Robert. It's too much to open the B&B when he's got everything else going on. And, um, yeah, Tracy, obviously, is uh, brilliant. Mm, right. Here is uh, part deux. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Babs and Trev here with an extra call. Babs, with our favourite soap running repeats now, I've got an idea for a new temporary slot on Dumpty Dum. Okay, Trev, what did you have in mind? I call the slot Small Islands, Small World. Not Trev's Small Island, Small World, then. <laughs> no, I'm too modest, perhaps. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> the idea came to me when someone called in about Beijing cricketers, and before that, Witherspoon mentioned Sir Arthur Lewis. So the idea is, anyone with an island heritage, particularly if others might consider the island small or <laughs> insignificant... Like Roy Field did. <laughs> ...can call in and talk about someone from their island who's left a mark on the world or this sceptred isle in particular. Interesting. So to be even more inclusive, I guess anyone at all who's been directly influenced or impressed by someone with an island heritage can call in, like Witherspoon. Great idea, Babs. And I'm thinking islands worldwide. I think it would remind us all in these difficult times that it really is a small world. No one and no place is insignificant. And rather, we're all together, all connected, when it really counts. I like that, Trev. So do you have anything for Trev's small island, small world this week? Well, back to Sir Arthur, really. I only discovered him in the late 90s when my dad took me to visit a teacher friend of his working at the Sir Arthur Lewis Community College on Mon Fortune in St Lucia, where Sir Arthur is buried, and I discovered his achievements. I've since learned he works at Manchester University. They have a building named after him, and, according to them, he was the first black professor in the UK. From little old St. Lucia. Ain't that cool? It is when you think about it. Anyway, Dumpty Dummers, chip in. Let's have more small island, small world anecdotes while we're on the Archer's diet. Here, here. Well, that's all from us then. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Oh, I'm loving mm. this island rivalry between you and Trev. Well, uh, the thing is, my, my island's just way too big. So, uh. like, we've got too many people. Like, it'd be unfair to unleash all the famous Jamaicans that have done stuff, you know, throughout the world actually on this. <laughs> so I'll just like, I'll just like step aside and, and let the little pebbles who call themselves islands fight it out amongst themselves, really. Because if I was to start, if I was to start, you know, I'd have to start my own podcast directly just about that. I don't want to talk about somebody like Cool DJ Herc, you know, the founder of hip hop, or like Marcus Garvey, the progenitor of the black civil rights movement in the sec in in, this, in the twentieth century, who even you know influenced um, 
uh, Malcolm X and, and, and people like that. I don't want to start. I, I really don't want to start. I don't want to talk about people like Cindy Breakspear, you know, the first woman of colour to become uh, Miss World. I don't want to start. I, I, you know, I could just go on and on and on. You know, I just, I, I'm going to stop, you know, because it wouldn't be fair. It just wouldn't be fair. It really just would not be fair to talk about Mary Seacole, you know, the Jamaican-born woman, uh, you yes, know, who, yeah. who was the famous nurse who was almost forgotten. What she did coming all the way from the island of, of Jamaica and to administer uh, good well-being and health to those soldiers in the Crimea. You know, I'm not going to talk about people like that because it wouldn't be fair. So I'm just going to move on. And then to talk about somebody like Usain Bolt, you know, <laughs> arguably the fastest man ever. You he know, finished. it just wouldn't be fair. You know, it wouldn't be fair. So I'm just going to let you small islands fight it out amongst <laughs> yourselves and whatever. You know, this is your time to shine. Jamaica rests on its laurels as being an island not only of heroes, but of size and of gravitas. I feel like I should do a round of applause or something there. I, I, I'm missing jealous. The only island well, in my heritage is the Isle of Sheppey, and there's not much good you can say about that, really. <laughs> well, if, if you're Jamaican, you wouldn't be around applause. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and do that, Royfield. It would be some awful cultural appropriation that would go horribly wrong. <laughs> On that note, let's draw a veil under... Uh, Island Wars. All this, yes. <laughs> and let's move on to. Oh, we do have it. Do we have any emails? We do. An emails with an H. We mm -hmm. have. We have any. When you forwarded me to this, me this email, the um, subject line. Really Did made I mention? Wait a minute. Did I mention Colin Powell or no. Kamala Harris also being oh, Jamaican? Are you still doing that? Oh no! Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Big, Biggie Smalls. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, go yeah. make a cup so. of tea. You tell me when you. <laughs> <laughs> we we had an email from um, Louise Lombard, uh, who is Lulum on the Twitter, mm. and the subject just says Royfield's teeth, and she. Now this is. I think I missed something. And what was this about? Because I'm I'm sure I'm up to date with Dumpty Dum, but I can't remember the thing about your teeth. Okay. Um, last in last week's episode, um, because I frequently fluff mm. and I, I mispronounce things. Uh, my my excuse for that is that my teeth get in the way, and I, I said that to Lucy, and she went, "Ain't nothing wrong with your teeth." Hence, uh, people mentioning my teeth. I got you right. Well, you've got lovely teeth. I mean, I've got terrible teeth, but um, anyway. This so Louise sent this email and it reminds me, I can remember my dad telling this joke. Um, so I will uh, I will do the honours. It says, Royfield, I've met you and can confirm that your teeth are fine. Not brilliant, not great, but they're fine. Um, <laughs> just, but, but your concerns did remind me of that joke where Mickey Mouse visits a solicitor to find out about getting a divorce from Minnie Mouse. And he explains his reasons and uh, the solicitor's quiet for a few minutes. And then he says, I'm... I'm sorry, Mr. Mouse, but you can't divorce your wife just because she's got buck teeth. And Mickey sighs and says, I didn't say she's got buck teeth. I said she was fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, then she says, loving the podcast, the extra Zoom stuff, and especially Lucy and Shambridge's exploration of Ambridge life. Uh, looking forward to Brian's confession episode. That was during my non-listening period, and I really feel I missed out on a cracking storyline. Stay safe, uh, Louise, and Wilf the Dumpty Dum Dog. 
have I talked about the people of Jamaican descent who uh, are in the houses of, of lords? <laughs> I got a feeling you're gonna. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I just wondered if I had, that's all. I just want a yes or no from you would have suffice and then we can just move on. Then we can just move on because I don't make a big deal. It sounds really this. bad. If somebody just starts listening halfway through this podcast, it's just going to be me going, oh God, he's banging on about bloody Jamaica again. It's going to make me look awful. <laughs> <laughs> if the cat fits, you know. All right. Everybody, uh, let's take five. I'm going to have myself a cup of camp coffee. We'll come back the other side with some yokel bear social media action. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. Um, and it's bit of an odd week, really, because we've we're now in time travel Ambridge time, aren't we? Um, one thing that did come up, um, sort of at the beginning of the week was people couldn't find the episodes if they hadn't listened to them live. And it turns out, and there was a lot of kind of investigation done by Dumpty Dummers who tracked them down on the Sounds app. They're not being published as podcasts to listen to, but you can get them on the, um, on the Sounds app under Archers Revisited. I think it's just a big conspiracy to get us to use the sounds app. I think it's the I think it's the five G lizard people. Mm. So you know we've we've had quite a few posts about the different the, the four weddings are a funeral kind of theme of the week. But one interesting thing that cropped up that I think worth kind of exploring a little bit was Joe's funeral. That episode. Um. A few people had actually posted saying that they didn't really like the fact that this was happening. Um, I think Mia Fox wrote um, a post that we republished about just doesn't seem right at the time. Um, Anne Stokes as well said, I'd have preferred no funerals in the current climate. Peter Mabbott said, I agree. And for a funeral of an old person is not the best choice considering the number of old people dying from COVID. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to it. And 
I thought initially I didn't listen to it because for those reasons. But actually, I think it was for me, it was another thing, which is that it was too soon. It doesn't didn't feel like a vintage episode. Um, it was far too recent. And I found the Joe's funeral episode really moving. And it is brilliant. It was up brilliant the way that it's done. But it was just too soon to listen to it again. I think it just didn't kind of um, sit right with me a little. Um, Karen Cunningham agreed and said, well, it's the most bizarre choice. Um, Who made it and why? It's not like they haven't got a lot of episodes to choose from. Um, So, yeah, it did seem to be a bit of an odd choice. Now, some people thought it was great. When Nick Roworth said it was Joe's Wake, a celebration of his life, Starting at the tea rooms uh, with a Burt Fry poem, then onto the ball where everyone had to use full names as Joe always did, um, and and so on. So yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It did make me wonder about. It's kind of one of these questions that comes up quite a bit, isn't it? Really, about what is the archers for, especially at a time like this? Is it there to be um, a distraction, um, an escape? Or is it kind of a mirror of what's going on at the moment? Um, And I think it's going to be interesting when the post-vintage episodes, new episodes come about how that mirror is going to be kind of held up to us in Ambridge. But it was an interesting discussion just about kind of, you know, what, what, at a time like this, what is the best thing kind of broadcast? And I don't there's any really strict thing. I think in the end it came down to kind of paste. But talking about repeat episodes, we did ask about um, what other kind of episodes would you like? Yeah, what other in the archive? What would be your pick? Well, Gita Beecroft said, I'm surprised that no one else has mentioned the episode where Debbie finally realised who uh, the father who is the father of Siobhan's child. Yes, it was the handkerchief episode, wasn't it? Um, I never forget the look of sheer horror on her face, which is brilliant because, you know, it's on the radio, Gita. But even now, I can still picture Debbie's face. Jan Mitchell said, anything with Nigel in it, perhaps the gorilla suit scenes, but not the fall. Um, No, we don't need another scream, I don't think, after Kirsty's this week. Um, Glimpful of love. Um, said two memorable episodes, Joe killing the ferrets and the death of John, which is a little bit more in there, uh, Glenn, but it kind of goes into what we were, we were talking about before. Um, Keris Burns said, Phoebe's birth at Glastonbury. And of course, I'd forgotten that Phoebe had been born at Glastonbury, but given her mother, where else would she have been born? And, um, Andy Bent mentioned Shane's over-exuberant type of decorations for Hogmanay and the wine bar. Nothing much happened, but it was kind of peak Nelson. Yeah, Nelson was not impressed with the tartan decorations. Um, Anne Charles as well said she would like the episode from the day that she was born because Anne's mum delayed giving birth to her <laughs> So she can finish listening to the archers. So, as Anne says, so radio has literally always come first in my life. That is real commitment. Your your mother showed absolute commitment to the archers. Um, 
Also as well, um, Keris Bird again said, what about Ben's birth in the barn on her husband's birthday? Ben's, bar- Ben's birth in a barn on a birthday. Try saying that when you're drunk. Um, Marion Grieve also said, oh, I remember Ben's conception on the hay cart at harvest time. Poor old Ben. If he's not in a, he's not in a cupboard, he's in a barn or being conceived on a hay cart. But anyway, what we're going to do with those, I'm going to go through because we had a lot of suggestions. We might do like one of those World Cup poll things about what would be the most requested episode you'd like. Um, it's going to be a little bit difficult. I need to figure it out because Facebook has removed the poll options from groups. Sure, it's a conspiracy. It's those 5G lizard people again. Anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week, and I will talk to you all soon. Okay, bye. Mr. Mr. Bear, as always, Aww. that was tip-top in Bristol fashion. If I had to be locked down with any Dumpty Dumber, I think it'd be Yokel Bear. Really? Yeah, I reckon it'd be fun. Why, what's wrong with me? You're too handsy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> I'd be safe for Yokel Bear. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> oh, well, let us with some tweets, please. Oh, dear. Um, just a couple of tweets this week. Um, one from uh, Gareth. His name is at GJ Mark Lou on the Twitters. And he just says, don't worry, Kirsty. a few years down the line, this will all be over and you'll be happily shacked up with a brutal gangmaster and his psychotic offspring. <laughs> I did think that all the while listening to, to her distress at the um, at her wedding with Tom, you do just think, oh, God, how could they keep doing this to her after that? Um, then we've got... Um, Oh, this is just a lovely one, rather. It, this and I, do you know, I haven't put the name of the tweeter, so I'm sorry if it's somebody listening. Um, they've, but Felpisham seems like another world, doesn't it? Not that I used to go anyway, but I wouldn't mind a trip there now, uh, which is what Bert said in that episode about the lockdown on uh, Brookfield, and saying that's how we all feel now, isn't it? Which is quite nice. Um, and then my favourite is from good old Kerry Warbis, um, at Kerry Warbis. And uh, it says, just explained, just explained the Emma Ed William thing to my daughter. And she said, and people laugh at the Kardashians, <laughs> which I thought, <laughs> lovely. So they're my favourite tweets this week. Smashing. Um, I had something to say. Yeah, I, I really have short term memory loss. And especially when you're doing such a high pressured show, <laughs> as dumb. I think are much more chilled on the news quiz, I, I'm oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, like. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know, apparently on that, with the short-term yeah. memory loss thing, I read an article and I can't remember where I read it, but it was about how apparently that's an effect of the lockdown is people are having problems with their short-term memory. I mean, not you necessarily, because you've always been like that, but apparently exactly. <laughs> that, that is something that people are finding their short-term memory is going to pop. No, I, I wish I had that as an excuse. <laughs> but um, right, let's go. Oh, yes, I know. Right. It was me talking about uh, Jamaican peers <laughs> in the House of Lords. Right. And the link that I made in my little brain was uh, politicians. Guess who's coming on to do the Angela Barnes role next week, Angela Barnes? Oh, it's not Boris, is it? Because if it is, I'm not listening. OK, no, it's not quite <laughs> Boris. Not quite Boris. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, 
it's, we got we got Jackie Smith, the ex um, Home Secretary. She's coming on because uh, she's a big fan of the Archers. I'm not joking at all. Spoke to her yesterday on wow. the phone. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's going to leave LBC. She says she's fed up of LBC, right, and their political bias and whatever, and she wants to come <laughs> onto more more neutral ground, which is dumpty dum, to talk <laughs> talk about Labour Party policy. Uh, but and then in between that, maybe mention the archers once or twice. So big coup for us, you know. We don't, we don't just have you know comedians on here as well. We have um, high-ranking people who hold offices, office of state. Yeah, coming on to dumb, you dumb. Yeah, that's a bit so, of a coup. So you know, what she said to me, she went, "You know what? I'm fed up with that Ian Dale." Yeah. Right. You know, I don't want to be like doing shows with him, podcasting with him. I'd rather have you, Royfield. You are, <laughs> you're, you're my podcasting husband of my dreams, handsy or not, and whatever. <laughs> so, 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 folks, uh, next week we have Jackie Smith. Amazing! Woo. I shall be tuning ah. in. Please do, please do. Uh, right, folks, uh, I think we can just about start to wind things up. You don't, you don't have any kind of mirror headlines or anything like I that. Don't, or, you don't, I don't. You don't. Sorry, folks. Folks, uh, we are putting out as um, a couple of people have actually noticed uh, this week. We put out lots of content at the moment. If you miss our missives on Zoom, and why would you? Uh, but if you do happen to have something else better going on in your life at 7 o'clock on a Friday, uh, what you can do is go on to the YouTubes and they are actually going to be there. Um, yeah. Also, um, I will get around to uploading them as podcasts uh, sooner or later, but I, I'm racking up the content. So last week I did Anya, who played Lexi. I interviewed her Brilliant. for a future show, and and she's also coming on to do a Zoom with us soon. Uh, ben Norris, who plays Ben Archer, I've done him on uh, as, as a video and also as a podcast. So we have lots of content. You need, you need to watch what you say there, Roy, because you just said, I've done him as a video, and that's put all sorts of images in my head. Well, you know what? Have you seen how handsome? <laughs> He's a very he handsome young man. I know, I know. Maybe it wasn't so so much of a Freudian slip as you think. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's a very handsome boy, and also uh, very charming. So ah, uh, deadly combo. So we have lots of content, and what I'm trying to do is not to throw it up all at once. Uh, but uh, but you are in good hands. At the moment, vis-a-vis dum dum and the amount of stuff which we're putting out. Could I um, do a little plug for my podcast? Is that allowed? Wait a minute. How many times? Let's balance. Not news quiz, the other one. And I know, I know <laughs> it's going to be your history one with the other dude that you podcast with. How many times on that have you mentioned dum dum well, we well, maybe I'll balance. try. Balance. <laughs> Barnaby So, Royfield, it's all about balance. Mention any you know other. What? We're, we're generous. We're generous on Dumbly Dum Lucy and I. So go on, of course. The floor is yours, Barnes. <laughs> Thank you. I've got a little podcast um, that myself and um, writer and comedian uh, extraordinaire, Mr. John O'Farrell, um, we do. It's a history podcast. It's called We Are History. It's on all your normal podcast platforms. Uh, it comes out every Monday and every episode is a little bit of history that we're interested in. And we read the books so you don't have to and then chat about it. So um, if you fancy learning about, we've done Vlad the Impaler. Uh, we've recently recorded the history of council housing. Um, we have done, what else have we done? Nudism in East Germany. 
nuclear bunkers, um, the siege of Paris, um, oh, all sorts of things, opium war, um, yeah, loads of stuff. So, yeah, go to your podcatcher and have a little listen if you can. There's pictures of Angela Merkel in the buff, isn't there? There are, yes. There are quite quite a few because, you know... She was a, an East German uh, nudist, which mm. lots of them were. So tell tell us one thing about East German nudity that the the average person doesn't well, isn't really aware of. The interesting thing is initially mm. in the um East Germany in the sort of communist state of East Germany it was frowned upon nudity because it was seen as being quite a Nazi thing. Um and you have in Germany and I apologize now to uh, Iris for my dreadful com- uh, pronunciation which I might not even try but it's called the FKK which is a Freikörperkultur uh, which is um, their sort of um, nudist uh, cult- uh, what's the words I want that, that movement if you like and um, initially in East Germany it was it was sort of part of, of the national socialism was you know being uh, athletic and uh, free with your body and things so they rejected it but gradually it became quite popular in East Germany and across um, uh, yeah uh, you know that's what families would go and um, hang out in lovely resorts in the news play ping pong and uh, be careful when they're barbecuing because mm. yeah, I thought that this predated the nazis oh because yeah yeah. and the guy what i love about it is uh, and i hope i get this right because we did that episode christ over a year ago now so it's all a bit faint in my head but um i believe i'm right in saying the guy who was sort of head of that movement uh his name was albert cock which i think is quite So there you go. Yeah, it was um, a movement, yeah, long before the Nazis, but they sort of commandeered it as part of their ethos, mm. I guess. Alfred Koch, I got it. Uh, oh, no, that's someone else. Um, have I made up Albert Koch? Listen to the podcast. It's all on there. <laughs> I might have made that up. <laughs> Who knows? You'll have to listen to find out <laughs> what what I've just dreamt about and what's real. All right. So, <laughs> folks, uh, oh, do, 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 Angela, you know I kind of like history. Yes, I do. So are you going to invite me on your show? Yeah, well, we don't or have three. Guests. Be a crowd. We three would be a crowd. <laughs> it's not the format of the show, Roy. If there's nothing I could do about that, we don't. We don't have guests. We might do one day in the future, and if we do, you'll be top of the list. No one ever invites me on their podcast. Oh, Roy Field. I hate everybody. Oh, you're so hard done by. <laughs> don't don't fun. go right into his support. He's, that's why he's doing this. <laughs> no, I, ne- I never get emails of support. Never, ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. com. Go there, go to the contact us uh, section and write me a, a, an email of support, <laughs> please. <laughs> now, there's loads of contact on dumdydum.com. You can go there. You can see Lucy's week in Ambridge. When there is a Lucy, you can see it in full Technicolor because uh, it links because like we've got the the YouTube there, we've got even the social media roundup from Mister Mister Yokel Bear. You can go and watch that from dumdydum.com. Uh, you can also comment on uh, on past shows. Also, I need to have a say a special big ups actually to Cosmo because he wrote a very beautiful uh, podcast summary. 
um, to last week's episode, uh, which is all about uh, the archers kind of coming to a temporary close. And as I've said before, um, because you know, this is such a tight ship, dumpty dum. And of course, whenever pod, uh, Cosmo does a podcast roundup, it goes to Lucy. Then she passes it on to me, and I correct the grammar and put the you know the, hey, whoa, 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 correct. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be let go. <laughs> well, and yes, and <laughs> Cosmo's podcast roundups do generally fall in between the very stringent checks and editorial uh, checks that are put in place here at Dumpty Dum. <laughs> and it's and I have said this before. Cosmo just does what he wants to do. On the odd occasion, he does actually refer to the podcast, but generally it's just his musings on life and, and the universe. And last week's was actually very beautiful. Oh. So uh, go uh, go on to dumdydum.com and go listen, go listen, go read that uh, because he's, he's very clever, is our Cosmo, and, and quite poetic and quite thoughtful. Oh, as well as being a full-on archers nerd. So, uh, so that's dumdydum.com. Uh, now, there are many ways in which you can support our podcast. Uh, number one, you can go on to Apple iTunes and write us a review. Now, what that does, that helps get us uh, many more new listeners because uh, one of the algorithms on um on iTunes is uh, the amount of reviews that you have. So please, if you haven't done so already, go on to Apple iTunes, write us a review. And what we'll do, uh, myself and Jackie will read out people's uh, names who've written us a review uh, next week. Um, also, it might push us onto that number one slot in the iTunes podcast charts for TV and media. We've got to, I believe, number three. Ooh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago we've never quite got to number one so if we all just put our backs into it you know we can do it in it together uh, right so a shared load of reviews maybe we can just get to number one uh, for next week and then all good things will uh, ensue uh, from then also going on to patreon.com is a wonderful way of supporting our endeavors here uh, and i have to say a Proper big ups to Peter Sturk, who, whilst we've been recording, has sent us a rather large donation, sir. Oh. Uh, you're too kind, Peter. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I thank you from myself, from Lucy, from Angela, and everybody associated with Dumby Dum. We thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> you no, know, it's utterly nice and decent of you, geezer, and um, it's totally wonderful. And as I said, I was li- Angela was was yakking on about something or another, and my phone <laughs> my phone went bing, and I looked, and it was a rather sizable donation. That's rather lovely. But you don't have to quite go to the extent that Peter Sturk uh, did. You can go onto Patreon.com, and it's two dollars per show that you can oh, give us to help. Yeah, in it just I pay it, uh, and I'm on it sometimes. Well, you're just not. I'm paying so. to do this. <laughs> uh, you're just nuts. The fact that you paid your train fare up to Birmingham to do the live show I when ticket. I said I know and I said we will do that no 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 it's like proper bonkers but we love you we love you so two dollars per show on Patreon and remember we are going to change things around after the Coronas we are the uh, the Zoom shows will be just for Patreons when the COVID-19 emergency is kind of lifted so you'll have extra reason uh, to sign up and to support uh, Dum De Dum. Is there something on that script that you can read out? Uh, no. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, have we done? Uh, you can find Yokel Bear. Um, yes, you did that bit, did you? At Dumpty Dum, Lucy's at, at Lucy V Freeman. I'm at, at Angela Barnes, and I can be found at Royfield. Yeah. We hadn't done that, there but we, we have done now. Uh, remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message by speak pipe oh, on this website. And remember, there's the, there is a new exactly. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I, I queued it up for you, Barnes. I'm a professional. You'll never make it in broadcasting. <laughs> You'll never make it. <laughs> um, at the start of this show. Um, Nicholas from from Vitel uh, told you a great new way in which you can contact us. You can actually now send us a text into the show. And, yeah, we've got proper proper things are guamp on this podcast. May I tell you? (laughs) Right. uh, uh, You can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. And then if you want to send us in a text, you start your text D-U-M, dumb, and then you do what Nicholas says, and then it'll get to us also. So there's wonderful ways you've got no bloody excuses of uh, not being part of the whole ramshackle enterprise podcast universe that is the dumdy dums no excuses i should do one day shouldn't i i will do that yeah yeah i should do i'll just make sure that i'll do the unless if i'm a first time caller in i'll have to go through the motions but i can do that yeah please do please do (laughs) Because you know I'm very stringent. I know you never play my call if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing to say, folks, is Facebook. Go on to Facebook if you like a bit of Facebook, and if you like Facebook, you like Facebook. Go on to Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum. You get some Dumpty Dum on Facebook, and you'll get Yokel Bear, you'll get Millie Bell, and you'll get Witherspoon on Facebook. That's what you get if you type in Dumpty Dum on Facebook. now paid the Bob. amount of times you say the word Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should. Yeah. I blooming well should. I blooming well should. Uh, now, Angela Barnes, uh, it's the end of the show. And um, normally, uh, Lucy says something really deep, meaningful from the heart. And uh, people all over dum-de-dum land uh you know sit back and go oh my god right another aspect of humanity has been revealed to me which i've never thought about before no pressure what do you want to say well it's a shame lucy's not here isn't it <laughs> in it though no. in in it. It. <laughs> um, right folks uh it's been a week of repeats on our favorite docudrama mm-hmm. and far be it from from me, How not you still to... managed to record for two hours. I know. <laughs> we I haven't know. even had the show to talk about. It's you. It's me. It's you. Yeah. People, people say it all the time. You know. You know. Angela, you're enough. Go on. <laughs> you. <laughs> you can self-edit that barn, Barnsy bear. Now she's all over the place, mate. You know. <laughs> um, folks, BBC repeats. They're a thing. Yeah. And I suppose this week, we, we, there's very good reasons for BBC repeats. But, you know, far be it from us to break with uh, such a noble tradition. We're going to give you a dum dum repeat. I'm going to take you back, folks. Get into your dum dum time machine. Go back to the year of 2014. Tom and Kirsty were going to walk down the aisle. Tom got cold feet. And I edited together this. I give you Kirsty's Scream, The Felpish and Mix, with MC Joe and Eddie Grundy. 
I thank you. Good night. Flippy Nick. Have blown it. Flippy Nick. Have blown it. budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 